0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Philosophy Express, Malaysian edition. Ever wonder how philosophy, a field so often stuck in academia, fits into everyday life? In this episode, we're taking a unique spin. We're not chatting with professors, but rather passionate people who are weaving philosophy into the fabric of their daily lives. So buckle up as we dive into a world where Nietzsche meets Netflix and philosophy becomes practical. My name is Ian.
1: Hi guys, my name is Pais.
0: Hello, I'm Pravin. So I guess let's talk why we're here today. I guess, um, you know, um, I think all those three of us are passionate about philosophy, and and I guess when a lot of people around us, like our family members, our loved ones, they often ask us what. So what are you studying, or you know what what is philosophy, and like it's really hard to own down on the specific definition i for me personally i i really wish we'd done this earlier so i really don't have to explain to people what i was studying right so i guess uh like what the hell is philosophy right so we have pious and we have pravin uh today with us and i guess um we'll just cover like several definitions of philosophy um so I think just now I kinda talked about um like the the difficulty of defining philosophy. I'm just wondering before we proceed, Pius and Prabhi, would you like to relate to that? Like how do you explain philosophy to the people around you? And uh do you find difficulty in that?
2: I, I think so, um Ian. And I think the reason is because there are just so many complexities and, and of course we we draw all kinds of associations with philosophy. I mean, we think about philosophy as a group of old men squabbling over um, hot button topics at a, at a rather dusty table. But I think if we were to go back to the origins of the term philosophy, we, we, we see that um, it comes from the words philo and, and sophia. Philo, of course, meaning love and sophia meaning wisdom. And so if we look at it from that way, etymologically speaking, uh, we see that philosophy is is the love of wisdom. But I think if we start to go deeper, we start to see that actually there are just so many aspects to what philosophy studies. Uh, and I think the challenge for me personally is reconciling all these different aspects and trying to put forward something that's concrete and something that's more consolidated. Um I'm just wondering if if any of you have have any thoughts on that yourself.
1: I think the key thing that lots of people don't understand is because, especially in Malaysia, where people don't really understand what philosophy is meant to do because we are born in a society that's where everything we study is meant for something. Like If you study economics, you use it for economic studies and you're doing business studies for business and so on. So when people do ask me about philosophy, I kind of just tell them, well, it is the art of asking... Why to everything, like why is one plus one equals to two? Why is three plus one equals to four? Why is water hot? Why is the sun hot? And I think lots of them don't understand that it's not because they don't understand what philosophy means, but it mainly because they don't understand the need to ask why. And it, to them, it seems like a waste of time. So lots of them just kind of block it out. No, like I think that's the main thing about philosophy where people do understand that the art to ask why is really important but at the same time, very crucial and it's not unnecessary at all but of course, uh, that is something we are working on and that's why we are here today Am I right, Ian?
0: Yes, definitely. Um, thank you for sharing and yeah, I totally relate to that I think philosophy itself it's such a broad scope if you if if you put it in an academic discipline, it just covers like a wide range of topics, right? We have um, metaphysics where we study um, the nature of reality and even um, to epistemology where we even study knowledge and what do we mean by believing in something. Um, And those aspects, they tend to be very um, abstract, right? And I guess the... The difficulty in trying to explain philosophy to people is because that it can be so abstract and so detached from our day-to-day life that it makes it makes it just difficult to provide a concrete uh, definition. Um, but having said that, uh, there have been so many practical applications um, in philosophy um, today. Um, in fact. Uh, I mean philosophical ideas have been applied to how we actually conduct. Sorry. I wonder if Pravin and Pryas wanna elaborate on like the the concrete nature of philosophy and any practical applications.
2: Absolutely. Um thank you for that, Ian. And I I think that when we look at I I think the best way that we can answer this question is, is by examining how philosophers understood philosophy in, in the past um, because we see a lot of overlap between the sciences and philosophy during the time of the medieval scholastics, um, during uh, Newton times, Galilean times and so forth, where really philosophy was this study of everything around us from the way in which we, we understand reality surrounding us to uh, the way minds interact with one another with the study of aesthetics itself, questions of meaning and life, and and also, most importantly, questions of right or wrong. And so, I think really the practical implications that surround philosophy ultimately come down to, I think, two things. I think how we understand what is around us and how we understand ourselves, ultimately. And I think really the 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 what what's interesting about this is that it it's an invitation to explore that which is beyond ourselves. Um, and I think that's really why philosophy is, is almost treated as a sort of journey, perhaps, right? A, a journey where you embark on, a, on an adventure of intellectual discovery, where you bring yourself to debate and to ponder the, and explore the, the wonders of philosophy. But I think, as you said earlier, just about the, the whole nature of what philosophy entails, um, you have these major disciplines. Um, and I think we're still trying to expand beyond those disciplines. And we're we're not only thinking about philosophy in terms of scientific discoveries as we did thousands of years ago, but we're also challenging things that are previously established, right? Things like language, things like gender identity, uh, things like nationalism uh, and uh, and so forth. And so we see this sort of evolution of philosophy. um, And I think it's a constantly evolving enterprise so that's that's like that's something that I, I I sort of think about every now and then, and I think that's where really the the whole question of practicality comes from, uh, because the question is, well, you know, where do we start with philosophy, and where do we go from that point, uh, basically? Yeah, just wondering if 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 that if that's something that that resonates with with you, um, or if there's something that kind of intrigues you about the things that I've sort of discussed here.
1: But I do think that more than that, that uh, and and. In philosophy in everyone's term especially here that is to really go deep into something and I think one of the most important aspects of philosophy is to understand human nature right like all the Confucius what Confucius taught us what all the morals we have learned everything those are countries a major part of philosophy and virtual ethics and if we put it in really simple terms it's just basically teaching you how to be a good person but more importantly, why being a good person is important in the society. And I do think that one of the most uh, unheard of aspects in philosophy is that the moment you stop asking why to everything, you end up with a society where everyone is just following instructions and never knowing what's the purpose behind everything we do. Like, you know, you have education and then you just, you take on education and then one day, if you just stop asking, why are we even studying this? And you just studying, eventually you're just regurgitating every single piece of information you have and we might all just turn into robots and yeah, we are just, you know, every day we just go through our lives just doing what we are told and that is a life that is very meaningless because it's the same thing as putting money into a slot machine and it comes out, it just comes out in a very positive feedback loop of yes, of course you're getting things done but... You don't know what you're doing. And philosophy enables us and more importantly, prevent us from being like mindless automatons and just going about lives. And to all the people who might be listening this, like philosophy isn't that hard. If you are coming into this, you might hear a lot of very serious terms, but in the end, it's just about asking, why is X? Why is that? Why is that? And you keep asking why to everything, and you get philosophy. I think that's what I would say the practicality of philosophy is the ability to ask why to everything.
0: Thanks for your inputs, guys. So I guess what I'm hearing from Pravin is that I think I really relate when you said uh, that philosophy is often like a personal journey of understanding and interpretation. And I think what draws people to philosophy is that different people, they may have different philosophical perspectives based on, you know, what they've gone through, their cultural upbringing and uh, various interests uh, that they developed during the course of their lifetime. And I guess that can lead to very definitions of what philosophy could be.
2: I think that's when we might want to maybe kind of try to make it more Malaysian specific. Why should Malaysians care, right? I mean, why is this like a concern at all? Because I think in this country, it's seen as a kind of highly elitist, really boring subject that has no practical implications. It really added to the rice bowl. That's what I get from Malaysians at least. And I think one thing that we can do is try to kind of challenge that since Ian talked about counterintuitivity, right? So we challenge that premise and say, actually, we've seen how important philosophy really has become, um, especially during times of political crisis, right? Questions of what the right, how, how should Malaysians act during times of crisis? The, the pandemic was a good option there. You know, I think, I think Malaysians... Um, are starting to become more and more aware, even if they aren't directly aware of it, as to the utility um, or the usefulness of philosophy. Um, you know, we're a country that is very much driven and concerned about our values, the, the preservation of our values, uh, and, and how we address the challenges that, that confront us when we're trying to preserve our values. Uh, I think in this country, one particular concern that, um, is in some sense, is is the idea of ethnic and religious harmony you know We're an extremely multiracial country, we've got all these different religious systems, each one equipped with their own distinct moral system. Okay, well, how do you achieve this balance, this true harmony, this sense of peace, and also this sense of mutual understanding within a context where people are bound by different ideas, right? And I think that the challenge that Malaysians have been having is developing a national philosophy, right, that pushes for A consolidated identity, right? Just lines that uh, where philosophy can actually benefit us, right, is that it allows us to not only rethink our approach to social issues and how we protect and preserve our values, but it also gives us a way to develop new systems of thought that help build a Malaysian philosophy, a Malaysian identity, a, a, a consolidated and comprehensive. Malaysian system, you know, like, and something like this, time together. The question is, how do we go beyond the Rukun Nagara and how do we instill within Malaysians this sense of uh, you know, a, a set of values that can truly unite us? What we need is the strength to resolve. What we need is a philosophy that offers an antidote to stagnation, to bad ideas, so that we can forge this new path and truly bring about reform. One thing that you see that's so emblematic of Malaysian political discussion is the question of reform. How do we change our values? How do we change our national institutions? How do we elevate the country's economic social standing? How do we address the social issues that, that, that so plague the country from corruption to human rights to income inequality to ethnic and religious harmony, gender equality education reform. One thing that really exacerbates this is that we're a country that is so deeply steeped in stigmas and taboos, right? And so it's really made it difficult for Malaysians to articulate themselves and to table new issues without invoking the wrath and sensitivities of others. One thing that philosophy can do is allow us to sit down, to look at these issues non-judgmentally, with a sense of objectivity, and allow us to carry better decisions to to allow us to to analyze and deeply reflect on our country's history and also our country's future. And so really what we need is a practical philosophy.